But the question is, can you build a SaaS product? This is very true. Is these are two different things. You could be a horrible marketer, but a great product person, and you're going to do really well. But a great marketer cannot build a great product. And you'll see a ton of these people on Twitter are talking about how to, you know, selling books, selling courses. But they really, they don't have a SaaS product because if you have a really good SaaS product, you really don't have to market it that much. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Confessions of a B2B Marketer podcast. Today, we're joined by a very special guest in your not typical podcast SaaS interview. We're joined by Vinit Devaya, who we actually met during the AppSumo launch of Bcast. He was interested in the product because his product was also on AppSumo at the time. We then had a little bit of a beef where he actually thought that Bcast wasn't really a long-term thing. We jumped on a call, hashed that out, put that video in our Facebook group for our users. And then now we've formed some kind of friendship together, myself and Vinny. So he's jumping on to talk about AppSumo because he was also on the platform, why he had the beef with Bcast and what he now thinks of our SaaS product. So it's an interesting conversation for any early stage SaaS marketer or B2B founder. But before we jump into that, I have to give a shout out to my man, Elliot Thomas of contractdevs.co.uk. That's contractdevs.co.uk. Elliot left us an awesome review. He said he found us in January 2021 and can honestly say that he's enjoyed catching up on the back catalog of content. Thank you, Elliot. And if anybody listening wants a contract developer without the pains and worrying of outsourcing then go to contractdevs.co.uk. So I'll be doing an episode in the next couple of weeks on progress in 2021 for Fame the Agency and for Bcast, the podcast hosting SaaS. So I won't talk about that now, but things are, are progressing slowly. I'll update on all the numbers, et cetera, in that episode. But for now, let's jump into that conversation with Vinny. And again, I think it's not your typical entrepreneur interview. We jump into some topics ranging from is it worth going on AppSumo, how he's growing and built his SaaS product, teleport.me, and also what he thinks of Bcast. So let's jump into that now. All right. So, Vinny, welcome to the show. It is the show, the one that I've been following since I bought the Bcast codes. That's so great to hear. That You're probably the first actual podcast listener that I've had on the show, so it's a pleasure. Before we jump into why, so we're going to jump into AppSumo in general, but also your beef that you had with me and Bcast, so we'll talk about that. And we'll also talk about you and your business. But before we do that, can we just give the audience a bit of context for who you are, what you do, and why they should listen to you? Sure. I'm Vinny Devaya, CEO and founder of a company called teleportme.com. I've been building this company for about 10 years now. I've gone through pretty much every phase of building the company, from raising seed capital to raising a Series A, to giving back money to investors, to buying out investors, to getting profitable to building a consumer app, then moving from consumer to ads, to SaaS, to getting nonprofit NGO money. So basically done it all. And then finally went down to the lowest lows, the app. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that's kind of where, where we met. And I was on AppSumo, I think, right before you were. And that's kind of how I thought of looking at Bcast. And quickly, what does Teleport Me do? Oh, my bad. Teleport Me is, sorry, I'm very bad at plugging on my own company. We are probably one of the 
fastest growing virtual tour companies, software in the world. We help businesses create virtual tours of spaces. Our typical customer is either a small entrepreneur, someone who's kind of hustling as a website, SEO agency type deal, or a photographer or real estate agent. So that's kind of our target market right now. And you have a SaaS model. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, we make a huge amount of revenue from in-app purchases on our application. So we have about 15 million downloads and about 2 million people active on our applications. And these are freemium apps. That's how we kind of make our money and we used to make our money. And the other thing we used to do was enterprise. So that we were either pay one time and enterprise. So we didn't have a SaaS thing. We didn't have a recurring revenue model before, but now we do. Yeah. What are they buying in the app? They're buying a kind of in-app purchases, you know, like 799, 499, higher resolution. Some people want Instagram share. Just kind of typical, like, you know, small sachet purchases is what I call them. You want to go from free to you want to get, uh, for example, our biggest seller is something called Stitch Later. So a lot of people that use our app use it when they're traveling or they're outdoors and they want to conserve battery. And so they use the Stitch Later option to stitch when they get home so that they don't lose battery. Awesome. Now, for the audience's perspective, those in the audience that don't know what AppSumo is, go to AppSumo.com. What essentially they do is they sell a lifetime access to your tool, take 60 to 70% and then give you the rest. But they've got big volume, so they can do that. Now, Bcast has been on AppSumo and actually is on AppSumo again. Yeah. Vinit Teleport Me has also been on AppSumo. Can I ask you why? So for me, it was... Uh, the pandemic, right? So we had a steady stream of customers that found us on SEO or again, through our apps and kind of upgraded to the professional plan, the business plan, enterprise plan. But because of the pandemic, suddenly there was a massive demand for virtual tours. And as an experiment, we decided to try different distribution mechanisms. And so we tried AppSumo Marketplace, which is very different from the program that you got into. And yeah, so that we tried Marketplace and we were the fastest selling product on Marketplace. And because of that, they even before I think we we went live. So Marketplace has a couple of stages where you're first a private link and then you become public. They sent us an offer to go to the main place. And yeah, so that's why we did AppSumo. It was mostly just an experiment. And then it kind of took on the, the interest in the product because of the pandemic kind of blew it apart. And so you didn't do the main offer? We did the main offer. So we went from marketplace to main offer. But yeah, we got into marketplace in September and then we did the main offer. So we were not very interested in doing the main offer because they, you know, Absimo takes a huge chunk of your revenue. But then they gave us some good deal. They gave us a good deal in terms of percentage cut. I think I haven't heard a percentage cut that's as high as ours. And they also told us that we can uh, get on the Black Friday uh train so amazing can you share other numbers from the deal whether it's like growth revenue total number of codes sold yeah i think in total number of codes so we sold about 2500 codes and yeah each code is 79 dollars. you can do the math from there awesome and so one of the core reasons in my opinion of doing absumo is the other benefits apart from just the cash yep. what for you guys were those other benefits I think SEO is a huge benefit. AppSumo has great domain authority. So getting a significant link there and getting a lot of traffic go to the link and then go from their link to our link is, in my opinion, initially the only reason 
that was important for us for Absimo is kind of the SEO stuff. But we saw a lot more other opportunities because we have never had these kind of customers, right? So our customers will just buy and they use it. And if and only if there is an issue, which if you do good software, they never, they never show up, which is our case. Our customers almost never sent us support requests. And so we had a great product. So even when we did AppSumo, if you go look at our deal page, we have 39 five stars out of 40. And none of them incentivized, like a lot of AppSumo deals are. And so for us, it wasn't, the support was not really a problem. We had a good software, we knew it. So these customers are kind of like champions. If they really like your product, they'll talk about it, they'll share it, they'll evangelize it. And we never had that before. We had customers that liked us and they used it because it solved their problem. So we got that from AppSumo, which is a lot of evangelists, I guess. Awesome. Looking at the downside, for me, there's two clear downsides. One is that you have users, well, both downsides stem from the fact that you have users to serve for the rest of their life. First question is, do you have an understanding of how much extra additional server cost these users are costing you? And then second, my other point is that if and when you come to sell the business, the acquirer is going to be like, okay, so you have 70,000 users, 3,000 of them you have to support for the rest of their lives, and they're not going to pay you again. Maybe it's different for you because you do like one-off fees. So did you consider that second part as well? The acquisition part? Yeah. No. I mean, for us, acquisition is never on the cards. We could have sold to Google and Facebook like plenty of times. So it was never an option for us. Our biggest issue was sustaining the revenue side of it. And our deal is not like an unlimited deal. I think BCAS has kind of like a unlimited, you know, like this, because you have to do it, right? If you're a new product like BCAS, you got to like basically give them the world to start off with. So our deal is from a space perspective, we do $79 per code and each of that code gives you three GB of space. So it's, that was our kind of math around it. And we still sold okay. You know, I mean, most of the customers that we get is every customer that we get is a profitable customer. So you mitigated the risk of the server costs by limiting bandwidth or data storage. Right. So you know because they can never upload more than three gigabytes of information that they're never going to be unprofitable. Yes. Awesome. So overall, would you say that AppSumo is worth it? Overall, I think, yeah. I mean, I think uh, we did well. And we were not a new product. So for us, you know, we didn't have that much I think a lot of people have an issue with like their product going down, not working, bug reports. I don't know what your experience was, but we never had that. People just love the product. We had some people who couldn't redeem codes for some reason. I don't know why that was happening, but our biggest complaint was maybe out of the 2,500 people that bought it, I think uh, maybe 10 people complained about not being able to redeem codes. Yeah, overall, I would say, yeah, it's a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10. Nice. Now, moving forward to Bcast, and let's first understand the story. So you see Bcast, and then you, because you have, you run a lot of podcasts, so you're like, should I buy this for all of our podcasts? And then I think you were considering it, but then you wanted to speak to me. Why did you want to speak to me? <laughs> so I was very early in AppSumo and the LTD space at that point, and I've been a big fan of podcasts. I run my own podcast on basketball which is quite famous. And I had some ideas of doing some more podcasts. So when I saw your deal, I was like, oh, this is a good deal. But then when I saw the deal terms, I was like, okay, this is unsustainable. And then I looked at your profile and it just seemed like you were someone who jumped from company to company to company, you know, every two, three years. And I just felt like, okay, this, 
is a lifetime deal, but it's probably not going to stay for you five years. And that was my thing because I was going to, I think I put in a significant amount of, I think I bought 20 codes. And so I just had to think twice before putting that much money in. It's not that much money. It's just, I'm doing it on the side. It's kind of my, just something that I, if it was a business expense, it's very different, but it's just something I do as a pastime. So I just had to think about that. And then, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You know, the product was solid. And I think I told you this, even the first time we talked, like the thing that kept me there was that as far as I tested it, it worked. And the promise was there. Like your UI is not that great, but it works, which is good. And the promise of like kind of adding in ads or adding in audio snippets, I didn't trust it out, to be honest. I really didn't. It's just the promise. So I went for it and then uh, I realized, and I think I kind of backtracked from there and I was going to refund the codes. But then I realized, you know, Andrew, who I know from 500 Startups, we sat on the same desk and I thought, you know what, worst case scenario, I lose my money, but that's fine. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you to Andrew Crump. And then also thank you for saying that our product is solid. That means a lot. Interesting thoughts on the UI, and maybe we'll get you to give more detailed feedback there, but thank you. And so for the audience benefit, me and Vinny jumped on a call, had about a 20-minute chat about his reservations about my work history, and then put that chat into our Facebook group so everybody could see it. Did you feel more reassured after that chat? Not really. I think, you know, that what I've learned... 10 years of being around entrepreneurs is that they lie a lot. You know, it's just, I mean, I've done it too. We tend to overpromise, underdeliver for most of the time. And not because we want to, but because we know that we have to overpromise for people to believe in the vision, right? And most of the times it doesn't happen. And so I always take it with a grain of salt. But then, you know, being an entrepreneur and an investor and advisor, I just understand that there are certain things a lot of entrepreneurs cannot control. And for me, it was just the fact that I think they were like, and I think I, I, we spoke about this before also, that everything that I would see that you had done like kind of indicates to what I would call as a marketeer-driven product, right? And you run a thing called SaaS Marketeer and you do a good job of it. And I think I really like the podcast and I really like your community in SaaS Marketeer. But the question is, can you build a SaaS product? This is very true. It's, these are two different things. Right. You could be a horrible marketer, but a great product person and you're going to do really well. But a great marketer cannot build a great product. And you'll see a ton of these people on Twitter are talking about how to, you know, selling books, selling courses. But they really they don't have a SaaS product because if you have a really good SaaS product, you really don't have to market it that much. So I think that's where I was. I had the reservations, which is like, can he build a product that follows the marketing? Right. Because you're good at marketing. You know how to do it. You know how to you're kind of also running this as an experiment every day. You're kind of talking about how you're building it. You're talking about the business. And then I realized that you have a co-founder, but he's not very out there. So I think maybe like talking about him a little bit more would really help because then, you know, like, okay, there's a tech guy. I don't know if he's part time or full time, but I think he's part time. But at least there's somebody who knows and who's going to take care of the tech stack because you have promised, I don't know, like unlimited bandwidth. I don't know. I don't remember the deal terms, but yeah, so that's kind of it. I mean, it's not, there's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with Tom. It's just, and you, I think you know what I'm talking about. You know, there are certain people, you see their profile, you see what they do and you're like, "Mm," kind of just kind of tilt your head a little bit. I think it's a very accurate analysis. And I think you're right. I haven't really built a SaaS product before, but I have done a lot of marketing over the past 
eight years. And so I think you're right. Like when you go to, and especially in the first year of Becast Life, when you go to the site, maybe the marketing was good, et cetera. And the product wasn't as good as the marketing probably, but that isn't Neil's fault. He's my co-founder. That's more because we have, we're in a competitive market with people that have been doing this for eight years, just building their product and they've raised millions. I only think that really in the past, like two months, we've got to a point where I think the product is starting to live up to the marketing. And I totally agree with your point that when you have a great product, you don't have to market so much. And actually sometimes it's better to not market so much and let the product speak. And so hopefully that is where we'll get to. I still wouldn't have done it any other way though, because when you're bootstrapping like we are, there's no way to get to a great product without spending two years building it with two developers. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, like I said, I have no issues with the methodology and I have no issues with the product. It's just I, with AppSumo, there's, there are always entrepreneurs who are out there for cash grabs. And it's a little sad because you're taking, I mean, I'm fine. I'm doing this like as a part-time thing, but I've spoken to about 350 people, 350 people that have bought my deal because I gave a 30-minute free session. And most of them are not that rich. I mean, they're kind of, uh, they're all buying this as, you know, it's kind of aspirational for them. And I feel a little bad that they put that money in, it's their hard work, hard-earned money, and and there are entrepreneurs that take advantage of it. I just, I just feel, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out and that's okay. Sometimes the company doesn't work out. It's difficult to start a company, but overall, I think, you know, that was my concern. And like I said, you know, I think knowing Andrew, I just kind of said, okay, you know, if Andrew knows you, then let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Some credibility. Amazing. So what does 2021 have in store for Vinit and Teleport Me? Well, I am right now, so I'm going to give a shout out to North Macedonia which is where I am. I'm here to, as a part of Startup Macedonia, to mentor companies and help them out in their growth phase. I do 10 hours a week of this while I run my company on the side. I think the company is really well positioned. You know, we, we're extremely profitable. We are growing. We have a small team now. The market is booming. There's kind of a boom in virtual tours and, and 360 panoramas and so on and so forth. I have not seen that kind of boom in the last 10 years. So I think it's a good thing. And our SEO kind of sucks. So Hopefully 2021 is where we improve our SEO and uh, kind of become the number one. You know, I think we're number two or number three right now. Hopefully 2021 will make us number one. That's the goal. The year of SEO. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's your plan also. So, you know, every time you share something, it's very relevant to me because I'm also kind of going through that same journey. It's like, okay, how do I build content? How do I find what the right content to build is? Like I said, before we never had to market it because our product was so good. We just had people come and buy. And now that, and we didn't, our SE was really, really bad, like really bad. And so now we're going to do the SEO and like stuff that SaaS companies do. So that's kind of our thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my recent posts on SEO have been inspired by a guy called Nick Jordan, who's going to be coming on the show next because he, they, they're killing it basically. And so I'm just modeling on him and also on what Sujan Patel told me to do. So yeah, I'm sharing everything on LinkedIn and I'll be sharing it on this podcast as well with Nick. Vinny, I want to thank you for coming on and being so honest and sharing your startup with me in the audience. I hope we can fulfill your, your dream for an amazing podcast host that sustains over years, if not decades. And I'm sure we'll continue to go on that journey together. Hey man, it's going to happen. I hope you do. And yeah, if not, then, you know, somehow if you can help me out in any way, like this podcast was great. I said, I'm going to buy it if you get me on your podcast. And you're like, all right, fine. <laughs> so it's thank you for inviting me. Thank you for inviting me too. I'm excited to see your journey. Amazing. Vinny, thank you so much. 
All right, bye, Tom. And thank you so much for listening to that interview. I hope it was eye-opening for you. I hope it was interesting. Of course, if you have any feedback for the show, please go to Apple Podcasts, hit the four, five, three star mark, and then give us some feedback in the form of that review. It can be constructive. It can be positive, whatever you think. It's extremely valuable for me to understand that so I can improve the show and make these episodes more valuable for you as a B2B marketer. And with that, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. It really is a pleasure to have you join us on the journey for building this SaaS company and for building this agency. It really does make everything worthwhile. I want to thank you so much for giving us your time and thank you so much for listening.